You got any more abuse you want to hurl my way? Hey, welcome back to Screen Crush. I'm Ryan Airy. So, are you guys enjoying Secret Invasion? Like, I'm kind of split. Like, I like it. It's no Loki, but it's like way better than She-Hulk. But it doesn't feel like as big as this story should be. Now, a little later, I'm going to be joined by Colton Ogburn and Alicia Grouso to get their thoughts on this. But first, here's my take. Yeah, what's your problem with the show? Okay, well, two things. First of all, the show is not like the comic book. That was an amazing, huge crossover which touched, like, every title in the Marvel Comics line. Now, the MCU has adapted these same crossover stories, but they do it in a single movie. Avengers Infinity War was the Infinity Gauntlet. Captain America Civil War adapted the Civil War comics crossover. You get the idea. Paring down these crossovers into a single movie does work better for this medium, but those movies still felt epic in scale. Secret Invasion does not feel epic in scale, and it should. So in the comics, Secret Invasion was a major, major turning point in the universe. It's when the sins of the Illuminati came back to haunt them. Public faith in heroes fell apart. Norman Osborn was put in charge of the Avengers. I'm something of an Avenger myself. Every single superhero was under suspicion of being a scroll. The heroes had to fight off a scroll invasion armada. It was a world war with aliens. The TV show is taking one small story from that crossover, Nick Fury hunting down Skrull operatives, and they've gotten rid of like everything else. And this is following the MCU playbook. They pared down the Infinity Trilogy into a character-driven movie where Thanos is the protagonist. Civil War became a character drama where Steve had to choose between his old ex and his shiny new friend. Wow, Civil War has the same plot as Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, it sure does. He's about to get the proposal of a lifetime. Sweet Home Civil War. Hey, what's that you're drinking there? Why this? Why this is my daily dietary supplement called AG1. They're the sponsor of this video. So I've been drinking AG1 for about a year and it's become a very important part of my daily routine. Oh, what's it do? Uh, well, Doug, this is what we call a foundational nutrition drink. See, we're all busy. It's summertime. We're out doing things. So AG1 is the best way to make sure that I get all the vitamins and minerals that I need throughout the entire day. It has 75 different ingredients, including vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. And it gives me energy that I need to finish my workday. Oh, it's like a, a triple mocha foamy cappuccino espresso. No, 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 Th not at all. This is not like a caffeine rush. This is a sustained energy throughout the entire day which comes from being healthy and it helps me to stay focused. I get more done, I finish work on time, and I just feel better. And also, I've started to go to the gym more and this is the best nutritional drink that I've ever used for workout recovery. I recover faster and the high magnesium cuts down on my muscle soreness. If you've ever taken a break from working out then you're starting back up, you know this drink is good for you. It's also very easy to use. You have one scoop and eight ounces of water. I like to add in the immune supporting D3 plus K2. You shake and then you're good to go. Plus, they have these travel packs, which makes it so easy to keep this part as your daily regular routine. Say, that is easy. Right? So, if you sign up with the link in the description, you get a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting D3 Plus K2 and five travel packs with your first purchase. Just click the link in the description to get started on your first purchase of AG1. Now, back to Secret Invasion. I don't have a problem with this story focusing on Nick Fury. And I really have to shout out some positives here. This show is giving us some of the best performances we've seen in the MCU. This is Sam Jackson at his best, his most nuanced, and Olivia Coleman is chewing through scenery like this is the last role she's ever going to play. Alone at last. Now, shall we do this the easy way or the other way? Hell, the scene with Rhodey and Fury is their first meeting on screen and it does not disappoint. The reason we wrestled this power from mediocre men who don't look like us was not simply to turn around and hand it to mediocre men who do. These are two world-class actors just getting to roll through some really strong text. But 95% of this show takes place in small rooms, small sets, or maybe even on the volume. Whereas it should feel 
big. Instead, it's on Disney Plus. And this is what I really want to talk about. The Disney Plus Marvel shows aren't really delivering like they could be. I mean, look, I love them. I hope they keep making them. And I've liked every show. I, I just like stories set in the MCU. I devoured every second of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and flipped out at moments like this. You have orders to report to the Lemurian story immediately. Three days later. I told you. S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't negotiate. But you can't deny that as far as budget quality and scale, we are getting diminishing return on these shows. Or what do you mean by that? Well, let me run through a history of the Marvel Disney Plus shows. They were first announced in the spring of 2019, just before Avengers Endgame. Disney was preparing a rival streaming service to compete with Netflix, and Marvel was going to be the crown jewel of this new service. That first announcement included WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, What If, plus most of the Phase 4 movies. Note, though, that all of these shows involve the movie characters on the small screen. Kevin Feige said that they were excited to have a new format to tell stories. I mean, episodic TV is more similar to the comics original format, so it seemed like a perfect fit. And WandaVision fit that format perfectly. You cannot have told that story in any other medium. It had to be a TV show. Falcon and the Winter Soldier also looked fantastic. That opening aerial canyon chase could have been in any MCU film. Sure, the show had its problems. As the excellent channel Den of Nerds pointed out, they had to rewrite the show to get rid of a plague storyline. But still, the show retained the big budget feel. And then Loki, which, you know, like all of you guys, I love. And Loki did match that episodic TV format. But think about it for a second. If Loki had the budget of a movie, we would have gotten lots of cool locations as he skipped through time. Instead, we got small locations, like in Pompeii. We just like stay in one alley. And then we go to like mostly abandoned alien quarries. Now, Loki did have its show pieces, like the single shot on the dying planet that was filmed in the volume. Very awesome. But for the most part, the show did not break the bank. Wait, wait, what about Hawkeye? Hawkeye was like a Shane Black movie. It was perfect for TV. So that was year one, with Disney releasing the streaming shows that they couldn't finish till the pandemic was under control. But then something happened. It's been rumored that Disney's new CEO at the time, Bob Chapek, was scrambling to create more Disney Plus content. After all, it was the pandemic and Disney had like no revenue. Andor was greenlit with a ridiculous quarter of a billion dollar budget. And thank God, because that's the best show on Disney Plus. So in this streaming gold rush era, Marvel starts to really ramp up their shows. We had three waves of Disney Plus announcement. The first was in April 2019 that we just talked about. Then in August of that year at D23, Marvel announced Moon Knight, She-Hawk, Ms. Marvel, Secret Invasion and the two special presentations. Now, these were the first Disney Plus shows that introduced new characters instead of continuing the stories of the movie characters. Now, all of this was planned out under Bob Iger in the pre-pandemic, pre-Bob Chapek era. But then, just two years later on Disney Plus Day, the really weird Wave 3 of Disney Plus shows was announced. There were animated shows like X-Men 97 and Spider-Man Freshman Year, but then we also had Echo, Marvel Zombies, and Agatha, Coven of Chaos, which was later changed to House of Harkness. Wait, is that? I think it's the other way around. No one cares. And that's my point. Wave 3 was all spin-offs of Disney Plus shows instead of bringing movie characters to the small screen, like what we saw in Wave 1. And they also weren't introducing new characters like Wave 2. This third wave seemed very reactionary, like someone at the top was going, oh, that, that Agatha song, that went viral, make that show. Now, look, the Agatha show might be great. I love Katherine Hahn in anything. Because I'm smarter and faster. That is not a judgment. That's just a fact. But like, I didn't walk away from WandaVision thirsting for a new Agatha show. I'd rather see a show about Sour Cream Vision or Monica Rambeau. And as for those Wave 2 shows, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Ms. Marvel, we really started to see some strength. Like, I don't understand why Moon Knight was a show. That story would have worked way better as a movie. And She-Hulk needed a big movie budget for, like, really obvious reasons. And Ms. Marvel at different points was incredible, like the high watermark for an MCU storyline. But then at other times, the low budget and rust production really showed through. You're right. 
And now Echo is, I'm hearing, so bad that the new Disney regime is dumping it out on a single day. So what's going on here? Yeah, what's going on here? Well, Doug, it's pretty simple. They're overdoing it. Phase four had more hours of programming than phases one through three combined. The studios have been stretched thin, and it's making their stories slide backwards into mid-territory. So many of the Phase 4 and 5 films should have been home runs. The Eternals, Ant-Man 3, hell, Shang-Chi should have already had a sequel out. The first new standalone character of the multiverse saga, and no sequel. Because they're doing too much, they're introducing too much new IP, not bringing the characters together for a team-up film, and the production quality is suffering. Like, look, I loved the She-Hulk comic. The show had so many perfect elements in place, but the production budget just killed it. It had too many episodes, rearranged the order of episodes, and then ordered a new ending at the last minute. And then they introduced Scar and World War Hulk in the lamest possible way. This is my son, Scar. Uh? And so all of this brings me to the much delayed show Secret Invasion. We've got the first big episode set piece with the terrorist attack and then a few cameos from supporting characters from the movies. But otherwise, this show feels very low budget compared to what a movie would have been capable of doing. And don't get me wrong, you can have a low budget spy thriller, like the 70s spy genre was filled with low or mid-budget classics, but this show should feel like a sequel to The Winter Soldier, and it doesn't. It barely even feels like it's in the same universe. I keep watching it and thinking, there's no reason for this to be a show. The story would have worked better in a movie. The episodic format is stretching the story too thin, like butter over too much bread. Most Disney plus Marvel shows are like this. She-Hulk, Moon Knight, that would have been better movies, whereas like The Eternals really should have been a show. Go back to that original announcement when Feige said that Disney plus was supposed to offer them exciting new ways to tell these stories. I don't feel like Marvel has been using Disney plus in the right way. Look, superhero shows are nothing new. When WandaVision debuted, we'd already seen hundreds of hours of the CW Arrowverse shows and several seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But WandaVision was not just a superhero show, it was the MCU on TV. But now, Marvel feels less special, not because there are too many shows, but because the quality is kind of sliding backwards. Again, Secret Invasion is a really good show, but it would have been a great movie. But that's just what I think. I'm joined here by two of the best. We have Screen Crush's own Colton Ogburn and Screen Rant Lead Features trainer Alicia Grouso. So I'm really excited to talk to the two of you about this. Alicia, I want to start with you. So, you know, what do you think of Secret Invasion so far? You know, I like it. I think there are a lot of really good elements and the acting's phenomenal. I'm not sure it's quite gelling um, fully together so far and I hope it does. Uh, so I feel like there are a lot of really great elements. Um, the acting's phenomenal. The chemistry between Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson is like, for me, the spine of the show. And I think Talos, I think it's his story even more than Nick Fury's. My issue is that the one thing Marvel has always done really, really well, like even when their stories have been uneven, is character. They've always known their characters. They've always nailed their characters. This Nick Fury feels like somebody completely different. And I know that's part of the story. Like I know the, you know, they're reiterating you're a different man, you're, you know, not the same. I get that. But this almost feels like he had a personality transplant. Like it's just a very different way of playing it and I'm not sure it's earned. Just a follow-up, do you think that's in part because we haven't seen any of these things happen to him? We've just heard you went to your space station. You weren't the same after, instead of actually seeing him come back from the snap and have that moment of realizing, oh my God, I'm pointless and I have no say here. And we, we, it's, it's, it's a lot of telling, not showing. Do you think exactly. that's the reason why? 
Okay. I think that's why. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was that one scene that showed the flashback to him, you know, getting dusted and then that's about it. But like, there's none of the backstory. There's none of the backstory with outside of Captain Marvel. There goes one of the cats um, outside of Captain Marvel. Um, you don't really get a sense that like, it's hard to, to believe all of this was happening behind the scenes. Like, oh, okay, Nick Fury's married. That okay. I can believe. Like that elements like that and the scrolls helping to build shield up. We've got a had a video come out yesterday that was a, a lot of fun where we talked about Hydra. To me, that is just one of those like you can go back and retcon and have a good time with it. But I think you make a strong point about how you know this is a uh, character Fury who we've never been able to see what's going on behind the curtain. So much so that now it feels like it's a totally different guy. But maybe, maybe he's a scroll. He, that's what I'm, I'm like is he a scroll oh, i have a theory about that but we'll get to that later but like he's he just feels real like like he was always samuel L. jackson being nick fury and now it feels like nick fury as samuel l jackson like he's a lot more like loosey-goosey and like just laissez-faire and, and mean like he does not treat Hell is very nice. Like, it's just, and maybe that's PTSD. I don't know. It just feels like, man, there's a whole lot more that we need to see of what happened, Nick Fury, to, for me to, like, get on board with this character. I think you raise a good point about Fury uh, not necessarily feeling like the same person. Colton, what are your, your thoughts on the show so far? We're at the mid-season mid point now. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I don't know if that's worth anything coming from me. I also really like The Flash, so, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've liked most of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Um, and I would say this one's pretty up there for me. Maybe I'd put Loki above it, and that's about it. Um, I adore Ben Mendelsohn. I think he is carrying this show. He's so great. Um, like you said, his chemistry with Sam Jackson, I'm really enjoying that. Um, this series, it it's different. It not just from the other MCU series, but the movies as well. Like the MCU always has humor, which I, I enjoy. I, I love that the MCU incorporates a lot of humor. This show is not that funny. And it's not like they're trying to be and it's not landing. They're, they're not really trying to be. They're going for a serious, dark, like eerie feel for this show. And I, I'm enjoying that. Um, it feels cinematic. Uh, I agree with Ryan. I, it should be a movie. A lot of the shows they do should have been a movie. Um, I feel like I have that critique just about every time now. And I would agree that, yes, Marvel is stretched thin. But if I take that stuff out of consideration and judge it for what it is, I, I'm enjoying the show. So it's interesting, though, when you look at this in the context of Disney Plus shows as a whole, right? Because when Disney Plus shows started, like I was saying earlier, it seemed like an almost anti-CW universe. It wasn't uh, Marvel on TV like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was the MCU, and it just happened to be mm -hmm. on TV. And since that, that wonderful first year, you know, I know at the, we were at the time like, oh, Falcon Winter Soldier seems... A uh, little uneven, and Hawkeye is, is you know, we can make nitpicks and complaints. I don't think you can deny that the 2021 was by far the best year for, for Marvel streaming. Colton, where are you at on, like, the overall status of Disney Plus shows? Obviously, we've scaled back this year, too. We were supposed to have, like, a show a day, a show a week, but now we've pulled back to, like, two and a half shows. 
Well, I, I'm I'm glad they're scaling back. You know, it's it's been confirmed. I, I think Feige has said they're going to be scaling back. Um, I know with Bob Iger being back at Disney, he he also wants to scale back on the amount of TV shows and whatnot. And I think that's a good idea. I I like getting lots of Marvel shows and movies. I love Marvel, but not to the extent where Kevin Feige becomes stretched thin and everything starts feeling disconnected and not, you know, well-made and just lacking that that feel that you get with an MCU project. You know, I, I remember how it used to be when an MCU movie came out, any MCU movie came out, it was an event, you know, just as much as an Avengers film was. Now it's just kind of like, oh yeah, there's another one up on Disney Plus now. So in terms of Disney Plus and making MCU series, what I would like to see them do is not say, oh, we've got this character, let's do a series. I think for them to do a series, the story needs to call for a series. Like it needs to be a story that could not be done as a film. You know what I mean? Like, like WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision's a perfect example. Like there are certain stories that call for a certain length and character development and uh, having, you know, an episodic type thing. But other stories do not. And I think what they're doing is they are not choosing wisely what they make a show and what they make a film. Alicia, do you think that part of that reason for what Colton just said is Disney is going through and, and maybe making a determination not based on the story but on the character and saying, well, we don't necessarily think a She-Hulk movie would do well or probably more likely we don't have the rights to a She-Hulk movie, Universal does. Well, we don't know if Moon Knight's a big enough name, so let's make that a series instead of a movie. Do you think that's the determining factor here? Um, maybe under... Chapek, but most of them, I mean, his tenure was so short-lived that most of these were already in motion. Hmm. I don't think it's as much about brand name. I mean, they made a talking tree and like a raccoon, like two of the most beloved characters ever. So I don't think, you know, character recognition. And people forget too, like when the Avengers first started, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, they were not Marvel's like top tier no. A-list because yeah. those belonged to all the other studios. Spider-Man. Yeah, there the were articles like, like Wolverine, Wolverine's like, Marvel's B team. You know that I remember. Yeah, those. and and so I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is they were trying to. This is gonna sound really cynical, but I mean I've been in this industry for how long? So let's just tell it like it is. They're trying to get a more diverse and younger audience to Disney Plus, and I think it's great. I think absolutely we need stories like I loved Ms. Marvel, like. Iman Vellani is a revelation. Like, she's amazing in the role. I, I thought Moon Knight was fantastic. Like, but I think the problem is when you've spent 10 plus years with this handful of characters, like the original Avengers that you love, um, and now they're trying to introduce all of these new characters all at once, there's no, there's not been time to really, um, like, connect with them. Um, and even, you know, in Secret Invasion, like two characters we've seen the most, you know, like Maria Hill and Everett Ross, like, you know. And then the one character that we did get introduced to, we barely got to know her and she may be dead, she may not be dead. Like, it's very hard, I think, now they've they've kind of 
written themselves into a corner because they're trying to cater to a much wider audience, which is necessary, but it's been making it really, really hard to create these universally beloved characters that everybody rooted for um, when there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of new characters being introduced. Yeah, like where's my Shang-Chi sequel? I keep thinking about Shang-Chi, probably gonna do a video on this, but Shang-Chi is the, the original, I, I believe up to now, the only movie that's introduced a, a new original character that's not like a sequel or a team film like The Eternals, right? So we got this guy and in the old MCU when it was so few movies, you know, we would have had something by now. And then Shang-Chi 2, a team up, something like that. But he's just out there. He's been there for hell. If we don't see him till Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty, God only knows when we'll get a chance to see him. Now, you know, there's rumors that Brave New World's going to address the lack of the Avengers. And we've got a video coming up about that. But it does feel like there's this lack of connectivity. And the Disney Plus shows, in theory, are a great way to create that connectivity. You know, we could have, you could pay an actor to stop in for an episode of a show. The, the production time is a lot shorter on TV shows. You don't have to worry about distribution. Like it, it should be this wonderful connective tissue, kind of like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was for a couple months uh, in 2014, you know, when Winter Soldier happened. Are, Alicia, are you getting that from these Disney Plus shows now or do they almost feel obligatory for you? They feel obligatory. I, again, it's hard. I, I really do enjoy and have loved some of the, the Disney Plus shows. Not all of them feel necessary to me, or like Colton said, not necessary as series, you know, episodic series when they could be movies. Um, I think part of the problem, too, is I can't imagine the work that went into building up the threads and all these storylines to culminate in uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Like, that, to me, I still don't think we give Marvel enough credit for just even pulling that off. But now they're trying to tell these separate stories that aren't as connected to the MCU, but now it kind of feels like, okay, well, where are we going with this? Like, this is great, but we watched these movies because we loved the team together. Where's the team? Who's coming together? Like, what's, you know, um, we don't really see these characters interacting anymore. Like, the first time we'll really see any new characters interacting will be the Marvels, when we see Ms. Marvel and Monica Rambeau interact with Carol Danvers. And they're just doing too much all at the same time. I think it's right for them to slow down and focus on f doing fewer things. I just hope they're focusing on the right things. Like, again, to me, I'm enjoying Secret Invasion. I don't see why we needed it. It could very much have its place. I can't get past that it feels like a bigger story than we're seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, why they added this flimsy excuse in the first episode about not calling in superheroes to help out. And it's a stupid excuse. Like, well, okay. So the, the, he said, I don't want people, I don't want people to think the heroes are scrolls. What would happen is the scrolls would become um, one of these heroes and they'd have to be like, hey, there are scrolls on earth. People yeah. already know scrolls. Like, oh, exist, you mean like right? the comics? So, yeah, like you mean right, like, right, right. But, yeah, but exactly. couldn't they do that anyway? So, what does them yeah. coming in have to do with it? If they want to emulate an Avenger, they can emulate an Avenger. Like, well, I, here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the Avenger should be in it. Okay. Like I keep thinking She-Hulk should be in the show. They, you know, like they might be leaning that way though. Okay, because the voice on the phone was that Rhodey. That was Rhodey. 
Okay. I'm like, yeah. that's 100% that's Rhodey. So right. is he a Skrull? Is he not a Skrull? Is he? Is she a double agent working for Rhodey who's good? But, and Sure. So, is it a Skrull pretending to be Rhodey over the phone? Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of like, yeah. there's just a lot of stuff that it feels like I like that Marvel is trying to give more free reign and kind of be more creative. Like, I love that. I love that they're getting weird. But it just feels like it's almost too much now. Like, did we really need Ant-Man 3 mm. to introduce, like, the Kang version of Kang? Yeah. Well, I, like, yeah. I want to say I'm enjoying everything just about that they're, pu that they're putting out. The problem mm -hmm. is what they used to be able to do was they'd put out something good that then built yeah and it they would yeah. build upon one another now it's like right. okay they do this good thing and then there's this other good thing over here and it's just like linear like it's all there's staying on the same level scene that like links them together that you have to see like you didn't have to watch six episodes but you had to watch this one specific right. scene yeah and, <laughs> and like it's, yeah of course you know we watch it all we enjoy it all yeah. but general audiences that it, their shows and their movies are not marketing one another like they used to. I still think, though, like maybe this is my comic book bias. When I look at Secret Invasion, I think, imagine if Secret Invasion would have been done in an Avengers movie. And you would have had Tony Stark, Captain America. Like, imagine seeing those guys dealing with the Skrull invasion threat. That's a better story than the personal spy drama we're currently getting. The Winter Soldier is a better is a personal spy drama that's better than the one we're currently getting mm -hmm. yes so i mean I think imagine like, like cap and black widow sitting across from one another and trying to figure out are you my friend that i've been friends with for how many years and that we've we've you know or or natasha and clint like mm -hmm. one of them might be a scroll like that is that's such stakes or to like me like in the comics Linda Cardellini, Mockingbird. Yeah, or you know, like could be a scroll, as like, opposed to like to go oh, Everett Ross was a scroll. Okay, and then it goes nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, and all he'll right, probably guess, not be a scroll at the end of the series. Yeah, by Everett Ross, I guess. By Maria Hill, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like, right. This story should Thanks be. Thanks for your service. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This story should be earth shattering, and it's probably mm -hmm. not going to be. It's going to be contained to this series, and that's it. It, it is not going to have the ramifications that secret invasion that should comics. have yeah. yeah like this is truly i think that's part of it too and and ryan you mentioned earlier that it feels like the stakes should be bigger and i think that's part of it where like it keeps telling us things instead of showing us things it keeps telling us mm -hmm. this is world ending it keeps telling us this is a huge event but it's like but you're not showing us that you're not showing us why you know that the scrolls have gotten to the highest levels of power except for that one random scene where it's like well yeah of course the fox news stand-in is like a scroll like mm -hmm. yeah we no, basically uh, every single no face shit. we saw on yeah, television like, was a scroll for later like, oh yeah oh tucker yeah. carlson you know wannabe is a scroll right Duh. right, right. Um, so you know like it's just very it feels so intimate i was thinking about i was like man really the only characters we've gotten are what like fury Talos, Gaia. She'll uh, be back. She's she will. Place. I think she will. Um, and then Sonya. What's her name? And then the the. Oh, yeah, so good. She's great. But, I love Olivia. But see, Coleman. that's 
But like, there just she's aren't so many. good in this. And Olivia Coleman, Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman on this show, like this, this should be blockbuster. But they're stuff. all Everybody very just. But even within this. the show, they're all very disconnected. The only exactly. two characters you yeah. really see together are Fury and Talos, and, and you know, and and Gaia together with a couple of people. But like, not even. It's not even like the Winter Soldier where it was like Cap and Black Widow were like together, you know, throughout the whole thing. Like they're very separate and it just doesn't, it, it, it's, I just don't know. It's like just the scope and the stakes just aren't matching up with the story. See, I think you hit, you hit the key word there, which is scope, right? I keep bringing up, oh, it should have been a movie, but why say that? You get less time with a movie. I think it should have been a movie because the scope is bigger, the scale is bigger, and the budget's bigger. When I talked earlier about WandaVision and Falcon, like the opening Canyon chase in Falcon the Winter Soldier, that looks, I mean, it looks expensive. Like that belongs in a movie. It's exhilarating. I think we're seeing a scaling back of budgets, more stuff filmed in the volume, and it just feels smaller. Yeah. Colton, when you talk about how this show doesn't feel like it's going to affect anything else. I think that's because it's filmed in single small rooms, notwithstanding the, you know, the bomb, the set piece in episode one that I talked about earlier, which all the Disney Plus shows seem to have like that episode one set piece. We're just like, I think you know, at least you talked about Ms. Marvel, right? Great show. Beautifully. She, you know, she's great. Everybody's great. And they integrated the text messages and the art direction design. And then you get that really cheap and they stuff dropped it. Yeah. with with the gen and the portal and her going oh you're right and walking in like terrible terrible like very obviously we ran out of time and money so let's make she hawk look like a sims character we're getting a lot of that and it's just making the stories feel small and they shouldn't be they should be events i think what you and colton said have, have crystallized something for me and it's that secret evasion is trying to do the tone and the feel of Winter Soldier, but the scope of, of an Avengers movie, and it, those two things don't match because the Winter Soldier was a paranoid 70s style thriller. And it was really about like just a couple of people on the run, you know, and chasing down one guy. This is a whole like globe spanning huge scope, but it's set in these like claustrophobic, these small settings like train cars and. Uh, I think the biggest set we had was like the big open market with the explosion, but like it's train cars, it's small, like factory, like, like freezer, you know, meat lockers. And, and it's supposed to be adding to that sense of paranoia, but it's not really like the pieces around it aren't really like the music of winter soldier. Like the winter soldier's theme is still one of the creepiest, eeriest mm -hmm. themes. I don't really feel that with like the trappings around this. Like it's trying to be a paranoid thriller, thriller, but it can't be that intense and intimate because of the story it's telling. So those two things, the story and the tone just aren't like matching up for me, I think. Well, and, and the other thing that the scope of a film provides with, with the runtime of a film, you are forced to focus on your story. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. with, uh, the shows, like they're running out of time and doing all this other, that's just filler at a certain point. It's just not, not needed filler. A movie, you were confined to maybe like two and a half hours max to tell your story. And that confinement helps you cut out the fat. Whereas instead, if you have a TV show, I mean, this is only six episodes, 
and I'm worried that they're still going to feel like they need to stretch the mm -hmm. story more than it yeah. needs to be. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Again, Olivia. I don't want it to slip into CW territory. Yeah. Like, I don't love Olivia, or I love Olivia Coleman, but how how could her character not have just been Val, like the Contessa? And you replace her with Contessa, and we get more of her. They do essentially the same exact thing. She actually has ties to Everett Ross. And we get to see mm -hmm. more of her development for the upcoming Thunderbolts movie or whatever project she pops up in next. And don't get me wrong, again, I love Olivia Coleman, but like she's a yet another new character that it's like, okay, well, if we never see her again after this series, like, okay, like that's fine, you know? I don't know. She. I'd like to. I mean, she's the Dolores Umbridge of the I'd MCU. Love to see I really her again. Would miss her. I'm just saying, like, I great. think she fulfills <laughs> the same role that another newer character could have fulfilled, and we could have actually right. like had her story more built out. You know. So you're not wrong. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to have to wrap it up there, which is a shame because I'm very much enjoying this conversation. Colton Ogburn, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter for now. Uh, <laughs> Colton Ogburn <laughs> and uh, videos here on Screen Crush. And Colton's currently shopping for a Blue Sky invite. If any of you out there have one, Alicia Grouso, where can the people find you? Uh, well, Twitter for now. We'll see. Um, I'm actually on Blue at Alicia Grouso. Um, I'm on Blue Sky now. Colton, I will give you an invite if I can find one. Um, <laughs> and basically the, all the normal ones, Instagram, Twitter, spoutable now too, all underneath my, my name, Alicia Grouso. Fantastic. And uh, I got to recommend both of these people for follows, both for their opinions on film and Alicia's uh, always posting amazing pictures of her cats which I cannot recommend highly enough to all of you out there, cat lovers or no. But we want to hear from all of you guys. What do you think about this? You can add any of us on all those social media platforms we just mentioned or talk to us in the comments below. And hey, if it's your first time here, welcome to the channel. Thanks for watching all the way to the end. Make sure you subscribe and smash that bell so you don't miss a thing. For Screen Crush, I'm Ryan Airy.